Good morning, INACA. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the INACA Traveler, the first and only show where you can see the world through the eyes of our students. I'm your host, Jason Agins, U.S. history teacher by day and world traveler by days off. INACA, or International Connections Academy, is a K-12 online private school that students attend from home. INACA brings a fully accredited U.S. education directly to your family's door, anywhere in the world. Learn more at internationalconnectionsacademy.com. Hi, everybody. I'd like to welcome to the show Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. We really appreciate you coming on to tell us about your experience and your slice of the world. I know you have a, quite a, an exciting life. And Sarah is joining us from one of my favorite countries that I've ever been in. She's joining us from Turkey. Now, prior to this conversation, um, I think from my own experience, having traveled about in your country quite a bit, uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is definitely the food and the warm culture. The Turkish people have such a warm and inviting culture. And we're going to get into all that and more in today's episode. But first, let's start out with you. So let's talk a little bit about you. So I want you to explain to me how would your friends describe you or your family. If I ask some people, you know, what is Sarah like, what would they say? Well, um, for me, I'm more of a very hyperactive person. I just can't sit still without work. Like, I, if I even have nothing to do, I would go search for work myself to do it. Um, I have, like, too many hobbies, like, countless hobbies. And, you know, I just ha like having my time full. I like uh, showing my abilities and, you know, making a different a mark in everyone's life and the people I meet. So... Uh, you know, it's actually about sh like showing my abilities and getting to help everyone who I can help. This is more of the Sarah that I am right now. Gotcha, gotcha. So it sounds like you're really on the go. Um, do you do you uh, do you have a job or do you do anything for uh, for fun? What do you, what about that? Do you have like a, a well, job that you uh, do? Yes. Uh, for now, I work. I do more than one thing. Um, I work as a marketing agent uh, in my father's company, and um, I also work, uh, I'm a fashion designer, actually right now I'm sitting next to my first uh, well done piece, um, I just did, um, like how can I say, it's an evening dress, so I'm really happy about that, I'm also uh, a photographer as well, so for now I'm doing all this stuff while I finish my university and um, you know, starts my real job, the one that I'm aiming for. Right, right. I love photography. Um, so do you do mostly like still pictures or do you take videos as well? Uh, for me, I take uh, like a more professional when it comes to taking pictures and uh, editing them on like Photoshop or whatever program I'm using. And I'm more into graphics as well, so I try to, uh, like because it's the, the most, uh, like the the most important part for marketing. So I'm more into photography than filming, but I'm also good at filming and, you know, editing videos. 
Right, right. Boy, we're going to have to take a little peek into this further. Maybe we can get you on the YouTube channel or something. So what do you like to do for fun after school each day? So it sounds like you're a hard worker. Uh, what about for your, your fun time? What, what kind of things do you like to do for fun? Well, uh, for me, it's actually, like, because I work and because I have too many hobbies, my day is upside down. So my I wake up normally and I go to the gym. I play sports. I love tennis. Um, I was a tennis champion, but then because we travel a lot throughout, like around the world, um, for the past two years I didn't play tennis, but I'm aiming to come back uh, this spring. So I'd either play sports, I'd either run or, you know, uh, Zumba dance. I love dancing so much. And um, I might also, you know, search on the internet for if I'm looking for a new project for, you know, whether it's for photography, learn new lessons, learn new techniques, or just go out with my friends, do some shopping. I'm a shopaholic girl. I love shopping a lot. So it's, or meeting with friends, just talking the whole time. I'm a very talkative person. So it's just about doing whatever I feel like having fun with and being passionate about, whether it's hard or easy. I, I'd actually rather go to the... Rather, I would rather go with the hard parts. Like, if I was given two things, I'd rather go for the hard ones so that I can actually test my abilities. And this is what is fun for me. And so I would usually... Uh, you know, be at work in the morning and then do my lessons in the evening. So this is how my day is usually like. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, sounds like you definitely are someone that likes to keep their calendar full. So yeah. let me ask you this. After INACA, after you graduate and after you go to college or whatever you're planning to do after high school, what do you want to do for a living when you grow up? So uh, what is a adult Sarah going to be doing for a living? Well, for me, um, as I told you, because I have, like, I love just um, growing my spirits and, and growing my mind. So I'm actually right now the adults here. I'm preparing for my future, and I'm going, hopefully, to be a landscape architecture. I love landscape. My father is a landscape architecture. So I grew up among flowers and among gardens and very beautiful things. So I was really uh, affected by these things, and I'm planning to be a landscaper and since you've also been to Turkey you can see how beautiful the landscape is everywhere and I really really hope that one day I can do something special that all Turkish people and even internationally it can be heard about so I'm now working on my SATs uh, so that I can uh, like you know enter my my university it's a four-year landscape university and after that I'm also planning to go to Italy to do uh, you know, to just get into the nurseries of the plants and get to know more about everything, like to see them uh, in person, and then um, that would be it. Like, I would really start my dream since my childhood. Right, right. Interesting, interesting. Okay, now what about, like, uh, let's talk a little bit about music. What kind of music do you listen to? Well, for me, because I am multicultural, so I would listen to music for in like in different languages. I am more into English music, of course, pop music, but I'm also into very classic romantic uh, Arabic music since I speak Arabic fluently, and I'm also into uh, you know very uh, like sweet and calming uh, French music. As well as some very, uh, how can I say, it's like when you're fun and on the go, some Turkish music. So it's like every language has its own preferences for me. 
Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so how long have you been with INACA? How long have you been with our school? And what, what brings you to us? Um, this is actually my first year in INACA, and I'm very, very happy about it. Well, it didn't actually start as good as I wanted it to be. I had some health issues in the beginning of the year that made me have some overdue lessons. But um, well, thanks to my amazing teachers, I was able to get them done. I love, love INACA, and I, I would never, ever, like, I actually, I actually regret the years that I wasn't in INACA, and because everyone here is helpful, like, every, everyone, and they would just do anything just to make you understand your lesson or, you know, be happy with whatever you have, like, even if I have any concerns about anything, I would definitely get the help. So what actually uh, got me into INACA is that I was having a hard time, um, you know, following up with my school here in Turkey and doing my SATs as well. I have to do SATs and SAT subject tests this year. So it's actually very, very, you know, time-consuming for me. And I also did the TOEFL test the year before it. So all of these together with my passion and everything, a normal school wouldn't let me achieve them all. I wouldn't be able to grow my uh, interests and grow my uh, hobbies if I was in a normal school right now. So that's why I actually had to uh, find another, uh, like, you know, find a substitute. And in Turkey, it's not available since uh, Turkish is, is obligatory in all schools and you can't find a fully English international school here. And my English is, of course, even better than my Turkish right now. So uh, right. for me, I had to find a way to get into an international English school and INACA was the best uh, solution for me. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I'm glad to hear you're really enjoying the, uh, sounds like you're really making the adjustment well. So where did you go to school last year? Did you go to like a local school, like a brick and mortar school, or was it another virtual school, or was it just a regular neighborhood school kind of thing? Um, well, for me, it was a, it was an English international school in like another part of the, of the city. But because, it, as I told you, it was the only uh, available English school, so I had to go there. And uh, I'm glad that I actually found INACA right now, and I'm, like, I'm not suffering that thing anymore. Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that it's working out for you. Um, so what's your favorite subject that you're taking here at INACA? What's your favorite subjects in school? Like, absolutely, absolutely, without, you know, just being... Any, you know, without ex exaggerating at all, math is my favorite subject, and the teacher, Mrs. Deer, is just awesome, and I just love her lessons, I love the subject, I just love everything about it, so I'm definitely in love with math, and actually, it, it helps me in my career, like in architecture and all these things, and it's important for my SATs as well, so I would, I'm in love with math since my childhood, and now even more. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, you're definitely in good hands with Miss Deer. Even I go to her for math questions and things like I need help sometimes. She's awesome. She's a great teacher, and you're you're definitely lucky to to be in her class. All right. So, where are you going to tell us about today? What city do you live in, and how long have you lived there? So, um, I live in Istanbul, and actually the European side of Istanbul. As So, as many of the friends might not know, Turkey is actually uh, 
between two uh, continents. It's like mainly in the Asian side, but also there is a part of the Istanbul city and the European side. So I live in that part, although I have been through all of Turkey almost, but I live in the European side of Istanbul. And uh, I have been living here for around four years, like living in Istanbul, because I've been in other countries before and we moved back like four years ago. But uh, like I was always here before we come throughout, throughout our old vacations here to Turkey to meet the family. So I've been living here like since ever, but uh, you know, having my winter and summers, it's been like four years almost. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so what Sarah is saying is there's a river uh, or a strait, I guess you want to call it the Bosphorus. The Bosphorus yeah. kind of, it's this body of water that splits the city in half and on one side, the you know, the western side is, is technically in Europe and then on the other side of the river or strait is uh, the Asian side. And so when we were staying there, um, we were staying, the hotel was on the European side, but our friend lived on the Asian side. So you technically, uh, on that day, we had uh, breakfast in breakfast and lunch in the European side, in Europe. Then we took a little ferry across, it was maybe 20 minutes, and we had dinner on the Asian side. And uh, it's one of the few cities in the world where uh, that's a thing, it's a really unique um, kind of experience. So, for the listeners who might not know where Turkey is on the map, particularly our maybe some of the elementary schoolers, uh, explain to us where in the world Turkey is. What are you near? Would you consider it more Europe? Would you consider it the Middle East? Would you consider it Asia? Or is it kind of its own special thing? So, kind of explain where you are in the world. So, uh, well, I don't know. Like, some people... Um you know, count it as part of Europe and other people count it as part of the Middle East. For me, I think it's magnificent in its own way. It's half European, half, uh, you know, from the Middle East. It's, you know, it combines all these uh, cultures together. So it's actually, um, if we like, uh, consider it on the map, uh, Turkey would be next to, uh, it, like it has on its borders, Georgia, Armenia, Syria and um, also Bulgaria and Greece. So it's uh, we can say it's between the Black Sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, well, yeah, it's near, like of course it's the Bosphorus passes through it. Excellent, excellent. Okay, and so um, I'm assuming you guys have kind of always lived in Turkey, uh, but what brings you to Istanbul specifically? Uh, you've mentioned you've kind of been all over the country. There's a lot of great cities in Turkey. What brings you to Istanbul? Well, um, Istanbul, especially the European side, it's very, very advanced and very, um, like, you know, culturally-wise diverse. So, uh, you know, my father's work, of course, and especially that it's a city that can hold all types of cultures and all types of, uh, you know, people and works and uh, education so first it's like education wise and uh, even for work opportunities and also for like for me like um, for my future as well i would love to stay living in the european side of istanbul since as i told you it's very advanced technically and at the same time it's a very very beautiful um, city with like whether we're talking into the green part of it or even the bosphorus which is actually a very unique as you like as you mentioned it before okay 
So what about your housing? What's your uh, what's your housing situation like? Do you live in an apartment, a house, uh, a big high-rise tower? Um, what makes it kind of different than your your typical American house? What's what's your housing situation like? Um, we live in a house, uh, in a like a, a house, a normal house, and uh, well, for us here, it's more of a there's something like a compound we call it. So it's uh, more than one house in the same place. They have security and their own gardens, and um, their own shops, their own grocery stores, and this stuff. So. Um, it's actually, it's very, like, um, how can I say, it's very, um, it's everywhere around Turkey, compounds are everywhere around Turkey, but uh, most of them are with high towers, so you can find, uh, like, uh, about, let's say, 10 high towers, uh, along, like, they're together on one land, and they have their own security, their own facilities, and they would be, like, they would have their own name, and there'd be a compound. Okay. All right. So it sounds like you kind of got a, it's like an all enclosed neighborhood. You got your own shops and restaurants and things like that. What, what sort of spots in your uh, neighborhood do you go to most often? Like uh, maybe with friends, like what are your, um, what areas are we most likely to find Sarah in, in, in your neighborhood? For me, you can always, always find me in, in the mall, actually. Just as I told you before, I'm always in the mall, and I love shopping. And the mall here, actually, it's like, because Turkey has a very hard weather in the winter, it's very cold, so we can't really go outside. We have we need a closed place. So I would love go. I would love to go to the mall. I'd either go to the cinemas with my friends, or we can play ball, bowling, or we can, uh, you know, do many many activities over there or we can go to each other's houses or we can find another closed place but typically all my like whenever i need to go with my friends we would definitely go to a mall right right so yeah is it is the mall the mall of istanbul that's the that's the big one that you go to in that area yeah, well, they say that it's the biggest in Europe for this year, so I'm not sure if it's oh, wow. if it's really like that. It took a medal for that, yeah. Yeah, I remember passing by it, and I remember thinking that's a that's a pretty pretty large mall. Um, so okay, outside of your immediate area of your house, your grocery store, um, what are the big attractions that people go to for fun in your area? So, like, if you've got someone visiting from out of town, where are you going to take them besides the Mall of Istanbul? All right, but uh, should it be in my uh, like in my neighborhood, or should it be out like can it be outside? Uh, it could be outside, either either or. Yeah, well, because in my neighborhood, as I told you, it's mostly buildings and like normal facilities for people who live there to like you know to enjoy life. So if I have someone out of town coming here, I would definitely take them like either there's a very nice place called Floria. I don't know if you've been to it. It's on the sea. It's magnificent. It's like full of rocks and uh, the scenery over there is just brilliant. You can really like once you see it, you would fall in love and would would even be able to live there your whole life. So I would either take them over there or we can go to, uh, there's a very nice place called Çanakkale. It's in the uh, Asian side of Istanbul. If you would go there, you can see all of Istanbul like from one site. 
So it's beautiful. It's a very nice scenery. Like our friends can actually Google it and see, like, you know, read about it and see the pictures. It's just amazing. Chanakkale is one of the best places that you can go to in, in Istanbul and see the Bosphorus, see the buildings, see the towers, see all uh, the characteristics of the city. And uh, there is actually another place, like, of course, it would depend on the season they're coming in. Um, I can also take them to the gardens. There are actually very beautiful gardens here in Turkey, and especially in Istanbul, especially if you're talking about the spring season. There is a, the Tulips Festival in Istanbul, like, uh, like we can say in mid-April and until like the beginning of summer. And whenever you go throughout Istanbul or Turkey, you would see tulips everywhere, colorful. Uh, paintings of tulips on the walls like even when you're driving your car so it would definitely be more into greenery places if it was a good weather and if it wasn't I would take them to a closed place um, like on the sea or either we can go skiing like snow is always here in, in Turkey in the winter so it's actually very diverse it suits all tastes like there are very too many uh, you know options in Turkey but of course it depends on the season and it depends on what a person mostly pre prefers excellent excellent very interesting okay um, do you get like a a lot of tourists in your area uh, where where do you find that most of the tourists are from so like for example the main the main kind of tourist area in Istanbul I, I would say is probably like in Sultanahmet and uh, I don't remember exactly. There, I don't remember seeing a lot of Americans there. Uh, I don't remember remember running into much of any. I do remember there's kind of a lot of Russians. Um, where do you would you say the most of the tourists come from? Is it you know other parts of Turkey? Is it Russia? Is it Asia somewhere or somewhere in Europe? Where would you say? So um, if you're talking about the tourists, it would probably be in the area you mentioned in Sultan Ahmed and the, you know, the areas around it, like uh, Taksim streets and uh, the Hagia Sophia area, these historical places where you can see the, the, the history that Turkey has been gone through. Uh, so uh, mostly uh, like they're from the Gulf area from the Emirates and Saudi Arabia, they're also from Russia, as you mentioned. And of course, we can always find like people from Europe, like from England and France and uh, the areas over there. But mostly, they would be from the Gulf area. Like you can speak, you can hear a lot of Arabic while walking down the streets. Right, right. There was a lot. Um, it, it's it, it's really, and I think it's really evident in the airport and. Uh, the, I forgot that what you guys call the, the what's the name of the big airport? Havalimani. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. it's like so evident in the airport. It's it's like you have literally every culture in the world in that airport, and I mean to to an extent you could say yeah. that about any airport, but I've never seen it to the extent that you do in uh, the Istanbul airport, the Anaturk airport. You have people, because it's, it's basically like the middle of the world kind of thing, if you look at a map. So you have, it's a stopover for everyone, for all cultures, going in all, every which direction. And they're all under one roof in the Ataturk airport. And, I, and that's, uh, that was my first exposure to, uh, to Turkey, just kind of seeing people from all over the world and uh, uh, all different types of dress and everything like that. And it was really interesting. So... Tell me a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, to highlight. 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, I wanted to highlight something according to what you said, like for the airports, it's actually, as you said, very crowded. You can see a lot of people from uh, Korea and China and, you know, you can see different faces, different tones and um, very diverse cultures. Um, and especially they're actually making an even bigger airport right now. It's next to the area I live in. And I think it's going to be like the biggest or the, there is something like, like one of the top in the whole world. So there's even like a, all the crowdness that you saw in that airport, there's even going to be even more crowds in the, in the next airport. Wow. Boy, so that'll be your guys, that, that's going to be the third major airport in Istanbul between Ataturk and uh, yeah. SAW, whatever that, what, what's that one called? Sabiha. 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 Yes, that's uh, it's kind of like your yeah. internal airport, but yeah, that'll that'll be awesome. Yeah. Maybe more people will get into Istanbul and kind of see what what's uh, all that city has to offer. Now, tell me a little bit about your your friends in your area. So, do you have a lot of friends in your area? What do you guys like to do for fun? Uh, well, for me, since I've been living in many different countries, and um, since I'm very like sociable person. I have too many friends, but most of them are not from my area. They would be like people I either met in Lebanon, in Egypt, or somewhere I've been to. So uh, we would uh, like we would have a like we have an online friendship or you know a relationship. So uh, I don't really have too many friends in my area right now, especially that I'm very very busy this year because of my studies and work, and I don't get to see a lot of my friends. Uh, like right now except like if we have a birthday party that would be the maximum but uh, of course I have some friends but they don't live in my area uh, my area is very crowded as I told you it's a it's an area where there's the already the Atatürk airport and there is a, the other big bigger airports coming up so it's a very crowded area uh, the people here are very nice they're very uh, you know, whenever they're very friendly, whenever you need help, they will be there. And uh, what else do I have to say? Anything else? Yeah, well, people are also uh, very fun. Like, if you're going out with them, especially like my friends, of course, everyone uh, chooses the people that they uh, suit their characteristic be characteristics best. But um, as I said, my friends are not really living in my area. So. We don't really tend to see each other like on a daily basis, like like the way we, I would do if I was living in an American neighborhood. Right, right, okay. All right, so let's talk a little bit about my favorite topic, especially when it comes to Turkey, uh, is food. Um, everybody yeah. loves food. I, I mean, I certainly do, and I especially love Turkish food. Whenever I find a Turkish restaurant here in the U.S., I, I always have to go to it. Um, some of my favorite food, oh, there's just so many. Um, any, any, all the kebabs and all that type of stuff, that, everybody loves that. But um, awesome. one of the uh, soups, one of the chorba is uh, the Turkish red lentil soup. There's just so many good Yeah. Uh, with everything from like street food, like balik ekmek, which is kind of like a fish type of sandwich, or all the way up to the fancier levels, it, it the Turkish food is just so good. Um, I mean, we could make a whole show just about that. But what about you guys? What does a normal dinner for you look like in in Sarah's house? So if uh, if I was to come over for dinner on just an average night, what's cooking? 
Well, um, in our house, we cook like uh, we cook like every time it's from a different culture. Uh, mainly, it will be Turkish food and uh, Arabic food as well, since I've been in too, too many Arabic countries. So, uh, but also we like we cook uh, like every time you can see a different, uh, you can every time you would see a different dish. Sometimes something American, sometimes something Italian, sometimes something uh, like how can I say uh, from Saudi Arabia or the Emirates area. Uh, and of course, you would always always see the Turkish touch on the um, how can I say on the table. We really care here in Turkey about the soup, as you said, the chorba. And uh, also the the appetizers, like whether it's uh, salads or whether it's we have something very cool. It's called ishli kofte. So uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like um, how can I say meat or something? It's uh, how like they fry it. So it's appetizers are very important. So a normal dinner would actually look like uh, a table full of appetizers, full of soup, and of course the main dishes. And they would basically be with uh, meat, most probably. Right, right. Yes, definitely a lot of meat. And that's, uh, it's just always so well seasoned. And it's usually like flame grilled or, um, mm -hmm. I'm just getting hungry just thinking about it. Even even just basic stuff, like I said, like donor kebab or things like that. It's just, I love it. So, yeah, so one of the most um, popular types of food are, are kebabs and uh, for those that that haven't had it before, kind of explain what what those are. What what would you say are like the absolute most popular foods um, uh, in Istanbul and Turkey? Uh, like for example, we, there was one restaurant I'll never forget this place. It was it was uh, like right near our hotel. It's called uh, Hamdi H A M D I, and uh, we just went there like mm -hmm. over and over again because the food was just so good. We really liked it. Um, and we just basically had like everything on the menu, and a lot of it was kebab. Um, what kind of food are the absolute most popular? Um, or so, if I went into a restaurant in your country, like what are the most common things that that uh, that I would see on the menu? What dishes would they be? So, um, if you would uh, see a Turkish restaurant menu, you probably, as you said, see the kebabs and all their uh, different, uh, like you know, uh, different types. Whether some of them are with pistachios, some of them are actually a little bit spicy. Others are uh, they have walnuts in them. Others, and for those who don't know what a kebab is, it's most probably like minced meat and. Uh, they put like they season it in a in a special way and form it and then uh, grill it and uh, it's actually one of the best uh, dishes you can ever eat worldwide and Turkey is very very well known for its kebabs and um, as you said it's like you can see on a menu uh, like at least five if it's a it's if it's a diverse restaurant you would at least see five types of kebabs and uh, you would also see the donar. Which is, uh, if you know, I think it's very also popular in the uh, USA as well. Which is Arabic shawarma. I don't know if you've heard about shawarma, but uh, there is also a donar, which is the Turkish version of it. Uh, donar is actually more into uh, slices of meat, 
and uh, very, very well seasoned and very well cooked. Like it's more into the spices in the Turkish kitchen. You would go more deep into how to season something and put the spices more than having a very, very diverse uh, menu. So uh, there's also very different types of dener. There's something that would be done with meat. Others can be done with chicken. And uh, there's also some, something called the Iskander kebab, uh, pardon, the Iskander dener, which would uh, have also some yogurt on it and um, um, how can I say, some uh, something oily that boils over it. So it's actually very good. It doesn't really suit me because it has uh, tomato paste as well. I'm like a little bit allergic to, to tomato paste, very well cooked. So, uh, but I would definitely love having banar, but only seasoned. We can eat it either with uh, bread or uh, we can have it with rice as well. Mm. Boy, definitely, you, you got me thinking about all these foods. Um, now, I will say there was one thing, my friend, she ordered a, a uh, you know, she, she was kind of our guide the first night uh, at this restaurant. Um, we ordered a bunch of stuff, and all of it was great. But she did order one thing that I thought was kind of unusual. It was a, it was a drink, but it was like yogurt. It was just uh, like drinking yogurt. You know what I'm talking about? What what is that yeah, called? It's, I, I, it's called Iran. What is it? Iran. Okay, are you a fan of that? I so uh, weird to drink that with meat. No, 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 it's not weird at all. If you actually go throughout, it's not only in Turkey, it's, uh, we drink it everywhere throughout the, like, um, since I've also lived in the Middle East, we also drink it in the Middle East, and Iran actually works in, in two languages, in Turkish and in Arabic as well. It's uh, more of bringing some yogurt, putting a little bit of uh, water into it, if it was very, very uh, strong. Uh, you would put a little bit of water and a little bit of salt and just mix them together. And, uh, yeah, we drink it uh, sometimes, like, not every time, but uh, some Turkish people, yeah, they have to have it on their tables. It's there in every um, in every place you would go to. And the Hamdi restaurant you talked about, actually, I think some of their branches serve it. Uh, like they don't have it uh, bought from a, from another company. They would have their own machine that makes it and it would be very, very strong and very organic and very beautiful. So, uh, yeah, as I told you, it differs, but uh, it's not weird. You should have tasted it. It's very nice. Um, and it's just like if you eat yogurt, you would be just drinking yogurt this time. Nothing, anything additional added to it. Yeah, I, I did taste it. I did have it. Uh, it's just for me having drinking something like that it it just tastes it wasn't bad it's just not what i would choose to drink yeah uh um with with that kind of a meal especially like a meat heavy meal to to kind of pour dairy on top of it like for me and i think a lot of americans one thing i've noticed in other countries is americans have a uh, an obsession with ice uh, in our drinks, and and that, it's not to say we're the only ones that do that, but it just seems like wherever you go uh, in a restaurant, the the drinks are always just filled to the brim with with ice, and I haven't really found that to be the case in as common in other countries. Um, yeah. So uh, for me, I was always getting uh, you know well as you guys call it buyuksu. You know what that is. Yeah, it's a big it's a big bottle of of water. I'm sorry. Big water, big big bottle of water, and 
Yeah, I always, always, would always keep water on me for that. So, what are the least favorite foods that you see people eating in your country? Uh, I didn't really see anything that I, I didn't want to try or didn't want to eat, but I'm sure, especially as you start going maybe further east, um, what are some foods that you see people eating in Turkey that, that you find are like, ooh, I, even I wouldn't eat that? Well, um, I like for me, like in Turkish foods, normal Turkish food, like the cooked food, there is nothing very like that I don't like about it because it's mostly uh, like you know we would either cook meat with some vegetables or have uh, uh, how can I say beans with uh, with some you know minced meat or something along with a plate of rice. But for me, there's one thing that me, as a Sarah, I don't eat. I'm sorry if there's anyone Turkish that hears me right now. And there's something we call it chikafte, uh, which is, uh, I don't know if, like, if you've been to the Middle East, there's something called kibbeneyi, uh, which is a um, type of meat that is a little bit uncooked. Here, it's not this way, but it's very, very similar to it. And uh, it has a very, very hard spices it's like mainly made out of uh, grains or something like something similar and it has a very hard um, spicy uh, how can i say it? it's like tomato paste but at the same time it would be uh, the bad paste which is uh, more of uh, what is it called one second <laughs> i'm sorry i'll just repeat that answer like in a bit yeah um, that's why that's why we record it we can edit all this out Okay. All right. So, um, well, for me, chikafte is something that I don't really um, like support myself into eating. I'm sorry if there's anyone that hears me and loves it, but for me, because as I mentioned before, I'm not really that much into condensed uh, tomato pastes or uh, pepper pastes, especially that it's a mix of grains and uh, some pepper paste, and it's a little bit hot. So I'm not very much a fan of spicy food. So for me, I really get like I would I would prefer if I would see anyone selling it, I would just change my way not to pass by it. But other than that, I think uh, like for me as a Sarah, I'm more of a fan of something that is like calming when you eat it. I would love very highly seasoned meat. But I would not be able to eat uh, something with, with like tomato paste or uh, pepper paste. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I love that stuff, but I can see how um, maybe that wouldn't be for everybody. Now, okay, so let's say, uh, for, the, for, for example, for the people that are listening, all right, you and I love Turkish food, but I understand not everybody has had it before. Uh, if you were to take a listener to this podcast to, you know, either a Humdi restaurant or whatever your favorite restaurant is in town, and they can only have one thing, what is that one Turkish food that you would suggest them to have so that way they can kind of get a, an experience of Turkish food? I would definitely, definitely support them eating the kebab because it's awesome, especially if it's a, from a very, like, well um, kebab place. It would be just amazing having some salad next to it. Uh, the kebabs are amazing. The meat is very juicy and it's very well uh, like seasoned. The spices over there, the 
I don't like even the smell of it. The way it looks is just awesome. Turkish kebab is just amazing. Yep, I I definitely have to agree with you on that. And then within that, there's all different types of kebab too. So uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it suits all the tastes, like according to what everyone prefers. Right, right. Or or if you're you know if you can't make a decision, you could get the mixed grill, which is kind of like a little bit of mix of everything and. Uh, Oh, that's very cool. You pretty know a lot about a lot about Turkish uh, oh, yeah. society. I, I, yeah, well, there is a dish like Big that. fan of it. I told you. So let's talk a little about desserts. So you had all this meat. You had all this, uh, um, you know, different things like that. Kind of heavy. What if we want something for dessert? A little sweet treat. What do you suggest? And that's that's one thing uh, I I noticed about Turkey as well. Even simple things like ice cream, or as you guys call it, dondurma. Uh, you guys kind of do it in your own fashion. And uh, and that's really cool. Yeah. So, um, what are some what are your favorite desserts and sweet treats? Well, for me, like I'm someone just like you who loves food so much. So, uh, like the food is amazing, but the desserts are even better. Uh, for me, anyone who would come to Turkey, they should definitely try the Turkish baklava. It's awesome. If it's um, it can be made with pistachio, it can be made with walnuts, but on both ways. In both ways, it's just amazing. It tastes so good. It's very juicy, very sugary. Uh, it, like you know, it's it, once you eat it, you feel like you 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 are right now in a very in a like I don't know in the la la land or something. I just love eating it. And uh, there's also the kunafa, uh, Turkish kunafa. It's awesome. It would be um, like it would uh, include cheese, and once you eat it, you would see the cheese dropping. From your fork and with all that uh, sugar syrup, it's just amazing. Well, one thing that uh, you have, like you've definitely noticed about Turkish desserts, is that they're more into the uh, desserts that are filled with uh, with the sugar syrup. Where, like, of course, we have uh, cakes and we have um, all the petit food and all this stuff, but uh, Turkish sweets are more into the con they're condensed with uh, sugar syrup. But they're amazing. Like for me, I would maybe not be able to hold all that sugar. So I would just, you know, train myself for the past two days before eating it that to not eat any sugar so that when I eat it, my body holds it because it's awesome. It's very nice and beautiful. And everyone should actually try I like it. it. I like how you put that. You have to train your body to prepare for the, for the desserts. Yes. I like that. So I, I think you actually, you missed one. And this one's actually my favorite. Uh, and maybe you could tell the audience about it. What is lo lokum? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, lokum is actually how can I describe it in English? I don't know, but it's it's something very. I was going to say yeah. in the U.S. we don't call it lokum. We call it uh, Turkish delights. Um, kind of what yeah, exactly. Here. But uh, I know you guys call it lokum there. So yeah, how would you describe? I don't even really know what it's made out of. It's I mean, I guess you would know better than me, but I, it's it's good. That's all I know. So yeah, how would you describe what it is? Uh, all right, just give me a second. I can actually see exactly what it's made out of. All right, okay. So uh, lokum, as you said, it's actually uh, called Turkish delights, like in abroad, and it is actually a very very delightful. Sweet, especially like if you're having your coffee, especially the Turkish coffee, or uh, you know even your your American coffee, it can work. 
you can have it with tea, you can have it on the way, it's very awesome. Um, it's actually mainly made out of water, sugar, um, uh, some pistachios, some of them will have pistachios, others have, and uh, what is it called, uh, the, uh, the corn, corn what, I forgot, one second. Well, so, you know, lukum is actually very hard to know what it's made it of, so... Um, it is a mystery. I, I, it's yeah? kind of like, it, they're like hard gel mixed with fruits and nuts. Uh, there's kind of like... Yeah, I found it, I found it. Kind of like nothing, nothing like it. So, uh... Mm-hmm. So, uh... Lukum, which is uh, also known as Turkish delights abroad, it's actually a sweet that uh, mainly it's served next to the Turkish coffee whenever you order coffee here in Turkey. Or even if you're like uh, looking for something sweet and you know just to balance your mood or something. It's uh, mainly it's like a fragrant cubes of jelly and uh, it would uh, have some uh, sugar, water, rose water or even uh, some of them have uh, you know the citrus fruits juices, or uh, and uh, or they can have pistachios inside of them, or even uh, some pieces of uh, walnuts or something. They're uh, mo like mostly dusted with icing sugar, and uh, some of them actually are not dusted with icing sugar. They can stay looking the way they're looking, and you can have different colors according to the flavor. Like you would have some of them. Uh, pink according like to rose water, some of them uh, orange according to oranges. You can have uh, different colors and different species. Some of them are also like the new types of uh, lukum, the modern ones, are covered with chocolates and they have pistachios inside. Some of them are even covered with different things. Now some people have them with biscuits. It's actually very different and you can eat it in too many different ways, but it's definitely something yes, awesome. Yes, it definitely is. And uh, Turkish coffee, or, I forget how you say kahvesi. Um, yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. definitely it's no joke. It's really heavy. It's uh, in fact one of the things that we did with the, our friend, uh, and, and she always brings us Turkish delights uh, when she comes to the U.S. Is uh, when you flip the coffee cup upside down after you're done drinking it, like all the coffee. Mud, whatever goes on. Yeah, yeah, whatever is left and over. And you yeah, can exactly. your fortune from that. It's kind of like a, a way to, to get your fortune read out of your out of your coffee. I thought that was pretty cool. I never saw that before. All right, so let's talk a little bit about music. Um, I know you mentioned you like listening to American music, and uh, American music really is everywhere. But what is uh, what is your country's music like? So when you think of music that's local to Turkey, um, what is that? So is there any famous artists that you know of, or so any suggestions that we should uh, look up or check out on YouTube? What are what are some top uh, pop or dance or you know kind of fun music to listen to in Turkey? Well, of course there is that very uh, cultural cultural music that is there, like the old Turkish music that uh, shows, you know, that how the Turkish people are and, you know, you can definitely, when you hear it, you can definitely refer to the Turkish culture, but it's actually more of very, very classical and very heavy to hear. So um, I don't listen to that pretty much or even I don't listen to it because 
um, I listen to that type of music, but in Arabic. But in Turkish, I would love, um, you know, daily music. Uh, there are actually very nice uh, songs. That is actually my favorite. It's called Almas and Almas, which is like, it's almost like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But uh, it's actually very nice. They're very beautiful, uh, uh, you know, uh, singers as well, artists. Like there is uh, Gudiz Aida, which is the one that sings this one. There is Murat Boz as well. Uh, there are very different uh, musics that you can, uh, not musics, I'm sorry, artists. There are very different artists and each one actually de delivers a Turkish song in a different way. So you can find, you can hear a Turkish song that actually looks like, it sounds like an American pop or something that would sound like something from the more of the Middle East and the Asian side. So you can find Turkish music can suit all types of people. But, uh, you know, of course, you have to look for the artist that actually suits you the most. So for me, I'm more into the songs like uh, like the one that I mentioned and the one like Hayat Kibi. It's something more of, uh, you know, uh, classic and sweet, something that would, you know, calm you down if you're like on, you know, you're on a hurry or something, something very sweet and very nice. Right, right. Yeah, there's a, there's a wide variety. And um, one of the things that I like to do for my students in my class is... Uh, I like to play them, you know, before the live lesson, I like to play like a little song from a different country. And, you know, it's just like a different country each week. And whenever we get to Turkey, uh, I mean, maybe it's not a super popular song there anymore. I know it's kind of an older song. But I always play them uh, uh, Shinanai by uh, Sezin Aksu. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah uh, I is know. That, is that a popular song or is it kind of an older song? Well, it is, you know, uh, some people know it and some people don't, you know, I, it, as I told you, it depends on the taste of the person, but yeah, of course, I've heard about it, like, um, we hear it here every while yeah, and that. Yeah, that, that, it's a nice little song. What are some of the big holidays that are celebrated in your country? Um, I know there's a lot of really uh, unique holidays there. So what are what are the ones that would you say are the most unique or the biggest? So uh, if we're talking like you know country-wise, like Turkey-wise, we can definitely we should definitely mention the Tulip Festival, as I told you before. Um, we have it here in Istanbul, as I told you, in the like the beginning of April and until like the beginning of summer. You can see flowers everywhere. Like even when you're walking down the streets, you can look into the walls or the bridges, or um, all the roads, and you can see chandeliers of flowers or paintings of uh, I don't know, like uh, you know, geometrical shapes and very very beautiful and nice stuff. Um, you know. Something like related to nature, of course, the Tulip Festival is very important. And they also, of course, here uh, celebrate like like the New Year. You would have the New Year celebrations. Uh, you would see uh, fireworks everywhere, wherever you 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 like 
rock. At the same time, there is the, something we call Bayram, which is uh, more of the uh, like the festive season in Turkey. Um, so it comes according to the uh, you know Turkey is a very diverse country, so there are different uh, different people from different religions and different uh, aspects. But for the Muslim people here. Uh, they have their own uh, festive season and, you know, the whole country would see it having its own uh, decorations and uh, spirits. Everyone would be giving delights to everyone. They would be sharing uh, gifts or something. Even uh, like here in Turkey, we do it whether you're a Muslim or not. You would just, um, I would get, uh, take, like, take gifts from my Muslim neighbor and give them a gift as well. Um, even share delights and foods. So it's mostly uh, the, sh the love of the country that actually bonds among all these type of people and these different, uh, you know, we can, we can also call them cultures. So um, you would see everyone bonding with everyone. And um, it's mostly the, the, how can I say, the love for the country is mostly celebrated. And especially the, uh, the Turkish governmental uh, days like when you have Women's Day or when you have the Labor Day or when you have something related to Turkish ho uh, history, you would see everyone. You would see the Turkish flag everywhere. Everyone would be wearing that since Turkish flag is mostly red and white, uh, and um, everyone from all you know from all belongings from all beliefs would be walking together. You know, singing the Turkish uh, anthem and celebrating the Turkish festival. Right, right. Wow. Boy, that sounds like quite a festival. Now, let me ask you this, and I, I think it's an important question, and it's also my favorite question as a, to ask people as a social studies teacher. But, you know, Turkey's had some, you know, government issues, uh, you know, in the past couple years. Let me ask you this. If you were the, uh, if you were the prime minister, the president, um, the leader of your country, what would you do um, to make it a better place? So if you were President Sarah, what would you do to make Turkey a better place? Well, for me, um, you know, everyone, they have their own uh, perspective into the thing. But for me, if I was the president of Turkey, I would focus on one thing, uh, which is like because the other types of aspects that normal presidents would look into, they're actually working on it right now. So technically, like the advancements technically, they're actually advancing very quickly. Economically, it's something that we cannot control. Like for me, I don't know about this stuff. It's something related to politics. But there is also, uh, there are very two important things. One thing is that since you've been here in Turkey, I think you actually saw this and had, you know, it was very clear to you which is uh, that many Turkish people don't speak a language other than Turkish. So this is a very big problem. I would definitely uh, implement very, very, uh, how can I say, very stressful uh, courses of uh, learning languages. And now they're doing that in Turkish governmental schools. I've never been in Turkish governmental school my whole life. So, uh, but I've heard about that from like my neighbors and all these uh, people. So, uh, like, uh, I would implement languages. I would uh, implement international cultures uh, courses. I would want them to get to know the people outside, so that because Turkey is a very, very 
important place on the map and everyone is coming to it from all around the world so when they would see international people they would actually know how to communicate with them and Turkish people are very very helpful and I'm sorry they would uh, help whoever like uh, they would see even tourists even if you're in uh, you know even if you're a far foreigner but you're here on work or something you would see the love of Turkish people directly and they're very they're people who are very bonded with their lands so they would see them helping you with love and passion but of course language is a very important thing and another thing that i would uh, work more on and they're actually working on it right now uh, like we can all as turkish people see that it's like how the city is divided for the people and the population because many people are coming from outside of turkey now you can see too many uh, too many uh, people from like europeans you can see arabs you can see africans you can see people from all around the world so uh, i would also work on uh, the urban design of the city and try to get the people living there in as simple as it can be because finding a house near to your job that is near to your children's uh, school that is near to your facilities that is near to the metro station and uh, you know it's it's a very hectic life so uh, that would be another thing that I would uh, like personally count it as an important step to work on. Wow, sounds like you definitely got a plan there. You should you should consider a future in politics even. It sounds like you have a really... Well, I'm not very much into politics. I don't like politics. But, you know, as a Turkish person, I would definitely love to see my country being the first in the world. So I would know how, like, what are the weaknesses that we should actually support. So this right. is one right. of them. Now, I love Turkey. I've mentioned that a couple times. Um, but for the people in the audience who have never been there or never even thought, like, as a place to go, it's definitely kind of off the radar in terms of, like, uh, places to visit for Americans. It's not really like, uh, you know, when you ask Americans if you go anywhere in the world, a lot of times people say, you know, London, Paris, Japan. Um, Turkey's kind of more uh, not a place that people think of at first. So... Tell us, why do you think someone should go there? And uh, if, if we only had a few days to visit in your country, what would you say are the must-see things? Well, uh, of course, like, like if I haven't been to Turkey before, it would definitely be my first, my, my favorite destination. Turkey is a must-visit uh, country, like for whoever is listening, it's, it's as I told you, it's a, it's very, it's located in an amazing place. It's, it has all these different cultures: the European culture, the Arabic culture, the African culture, the Middle East uh, culture. All these type of cultures bonding together to make the Turkish culture. You can see nature in all its uh, characteristics. You can see it with greenery. You can see it with the Bosphorus. You can see it with the mountains here. You can see it with the flowers, with the people, with with the traditions when you walk down the streets or when you walk throughout the, uh, like, you know, the closed uh, shops or the old historical places. Turkey is a very important place to visit. And uh, a few of the must-see things that someone should not miss while, they're while, they, while they come here, uh, of course, going into the historical places in Istanbul, like the Sultan Ahmed's area, the Taksim area and the Hagia Sophia area. They're actually one of the best places ever. Uh, these are like, this is one which is the historical part. So they should definitely go and visit 
uh, as I mentioned to you before, like Bursa and Yelawa and uh, these mountain places where you can really see all that greenery when you can see nature as it, at its best and something very calming and soothing. Um, another place that they would, they should definitely go to is uh, near the sea or uh, near, like if you go to the Sultan Ahmed you would see the bush forest over there but you should definitely go to the area next to Mermaris and next to Trabzon and uh, Antalya these places are very very beautiful if you would go there you would see you would say like well yeah this is the best uh, my like my best beach trip ever uh, the place over there the sand the sun the, the sea itself the water is very calming you would definitely feel like, well, there is something special about this country and there is something very, very special about this about the cities over there. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, a friend of mine, two of my friends are actually from uh, Erba, which is near uh, Samsun. And I'd, I'd love to go there. One of them even yeah. owns a hotel. Their family owns a hotel there. I'd love to kind of explore more of that region and see more of that part of Turkey, uh, see the coast. Like you say, there's some beaches there that are just... Uh, absolutely beautiful now we, we're talking a little bit about your work and your career and things like that is this something you see doing in your adult life in Turkey do you think you'll always live in Turkey uh, and if not where where do you think uh, where does adult Sarah's life take place um, of course life sometimes surprises us with uh, what we can do and what we face but for me, if I was given the chance, of course, I would love to live and die in Turkey. It's it's the best place for me to work, especially with my career as a landscape architecture. The nature here and the people and everything around here actually uh, can support my career and let me achieve it. Um, I have we have too many uh, green places in here that I can do my art in, and uh, the, the people here support it and like it uh, because. Here, as I told you, most people come here to work and they would be in their buildings and houses and they would go out to see something that would make them calm. So I would love to, you know, to make something that would make people happy and relieved. And of course, Turkey and especially the European side of Istanbul is my favorite option. Right, right. Okay, awesome. So what other countries in the world have you, uh, have you visited? What were your favorites? So uh, I was like, I traveled, <laughs> you know, I traveled to many countries throughout the world and I lived in many, uh, in like in many other ones. But uh, for me, I would mention some of them. I went to, uh, I went to uh, Jordan. I lived in Jordan for a year. Um, it's a very nice place. It's, uh, but mostly it's for work. Um, there's nothing, there, like there's nothing to do that much like you can spend three days there maybe because I didn't really go through it like but um, I went to Jordan I went to Egypt Egypt is a very nice place the people there are very very uh, sweet and uh, they welcome everyone from all around the world I live there and you should like I, I've been into the uh, Egyptian history to the pyramids and all these uh, you know ancient stuff I've also been to uh, Malaysia which is for me heaven on earth. I have been to many, to too many countries, and if I would be given the chance to to spend like after I I work and finish and get old after 
like you know i would just retire from work if i was given a chance to live in another country other than turkey i would definitely be in one of the malaysian islands just you know isolate myself over there so malaysia is actually very nice it's my top uh, destinations in the world and uh, what else like should i mention something else yeah i lived in lebanon Uh, Lebanon for me was one of the best uh, places that I've been to. I lived there for four years. It's uh, the best place. Like I spent my uh, my like early teenage years over there, and it's amazing. It's the people as well. You know, I don't know why I love every place that I've been to because I have. I was really having. I'm so blessed to have met all these great people and seen all these uh, great traditions, and uh, yeah. That's awesome. it. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, I would love to, to go to Malaysia and see the islands there and everything like that. I think that would be really an interesting place to see. Now, I know you speak English, obviously, and I know you speak Turkish, of course. What about any other languages? Do you speak any other languages? Yeah. Uh, for me, I speak um, Turkish and English and Arabic fluently. And uh, I speak Arabic fluently because uh, I was born in Syria and I was raised in Lebanon. Before I come here to Turkey, I moved back to Turkey. So uh, I speak Arabic fluently the way I speak English as well. And uh, I also speak French. When I was living in Lebanon, I don't know if you've been to Lebanon, but over there, French is a very important language. So I learned it over there and I was also speaking it fluently. I, had, I was able to read and write and... Uh, you know, communicate with French people normally, but after I moved back to Turkey, I focused a lot on my Turkish language, uh, and I don't know if there's something like that uh, scientifically, but the Turkish language actually took the place of my French language instead of getting itself another place. So, uh, actually, the first semester here, I had to go to review the basics of French. I used to speak French fluently, but now I have some troubles with it. But I'm definitely, like, after mastering Turkish, like, uh, I'm definitely going back to uh, French and mastering that as wow, well. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've been, I, I mean, I only know a couple words in Turkish, you know, just like some foods and some greetings and things like Awesome that you speak three or four <laughs> languages. So I really appreciate you coming on the show, and we'd like to finish the show by having you say something in your language. Now, on the screen here, um, I have a little message there in quotes. So, can you say that in Turkish to say uh, farewell to the, um, you know, to the audience, thank them for listening, and to listen again in the future for more exciting episodes? Can you say that in Turkish? Yeah, well, uh, I will try. So, uh, all right. The Anake Traveler dinlediğiniz için teşekkür ederiz. Ve en yakın zamanda görüşürüz. Excellent, excellent, very good. I did understand teşekkürler, or is that how you say it? Teşekkürler? Teşekkürler ya da teşekkür, ya da means or, or teşekkür ederim. So there's two ways to say thank you. It's like, just like thanks and thank you. You can either say teşekkürler or teşekkür ederim. Teşekkürler for coming on to the Aynaka Traveler and telling us all about your life in Turkey. Have a great day and thanks everybody for listening. Calling all K-12 INACA writers. Cal, the community of writers will have its first meeting Friday, September 29th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. K-12 
Cal will explore writing, writing contests. You will be invited to collaborate on writing projects, and you could be the featured writer of the month. See the Schoolhouse Message Board or contact Ms. Scheinberg via webmail for more details. It will be marvelous to see you there. Hello, INACA students. Did you know that Digital Learning Day is coming up on Wednesday, February 21st, 2018? This will be held in our INACA Special Events Live Lesson Room at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Digital Learning Day is a celebration of using technology to strengthen your own learning. This means using digital tools and resources to create high-quality projects and develop your technology skills to prepare for our modern world. Join us as we celebrate Digital Learning Day here at INACA as students showcase their digital projects. Please look for a webmail to sign up to share your digital project, or you can just attend our special Digital Learning Day event to learn more about how you can get involved in our digital revolution. See you there! We hope you've enjoyed the show and thank you for listening. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting episodes from all over the world. Traveling. It leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. Our song today is Puncherello Highway by Road to Arcadia. If you or someone you know would like to be interviewed for the INACA Traveler podcast, webmail me by searching for my name in the directory as Jason Agins, J-A-S-O-N-A-G-I-N-S. Or ask your teacher to get in touch with me. I'd love to hear your story and to share it with our community. If you are a club or a teacher looking to promote your honor society or organization or club, feel free to record a brief audio spot and send it over to me to include in our future episodes. Thank you for listening, and as I say to the traveler and each and every one of you, get to know your classmates, embrace each other's culture, network them, and make friends. Go ahead and be the change, take that first step, reach out to a classmate, and build that friendship. You'll be glad you did.